Joining us on WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg, Queen of Perpetual Help, and welcome to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. You are just listening to Michelle Lally and her version of Ave Maria. Now on this week's broadcast, all the way from Holland, we have author Gerard J.M. Vend. Den Ardweg, and he is the author of Hungry Souls, Supernatural Visits, Messages, and Warnings from Purgatory. You can get his book right at the Tan Books website at tanbooks.com. November is right around the corner where we say prayers for the holy souls and the souls that are in purgatory. And he is here to talk about just that. I will start the interview and then Mary Ann will join in about halfway through. Welcome to Local Matters. We are here with the author of Hungry Souls, Gerard Van Den Ardweg. Yes, that's good. You're right. Lovely to meet you. Um, please tell me about how you were inspired for the book you've written. Yes, it was a little bit of coincidence. I met a, a Polish uh, photographer, an art photographer and publisher, Rosikon, in Warsaw. And I talked to him about the Museo del Purgatorio. And we sang many, many masses of requiem. Uh, uh, for the, the deceased parishioners. And he was very much, always very much impressed by the text and by the whole ritual. I thought it was very profound and very deep. It made a, a very deep impression on me. And now, after, let us say, the, the 60s about, I became more and more uh, disillusioned on this decay in the rituals, in the, in the, in the rites of the, the Roman Catholic Church, and in the impoverishment of uh, the great realities, which were preached and, and which were lived, especially in, in, in the celebration of masses and, and other uh, ceremonies uh, of funeral and, and so on. We came to a point that a Beatles song was sung or was recorded in the church and so on because the deceased man, good man, he, he loved the Beatles so much. So that's oh. nice for him and these kind of things. And then I, um, I thought it is necessary to restore the knowledge about purgatory and about all these things, because these are so great realities, profound and rich, very serious, of course. And it has to do with the superficiality of our time and of, of the Catholic Church, large parts of the Catholic Church nowadays. We, we have to do something about it. And my idea was when I came across the existence of the Museo del Purgatorio in Rome, that here we have an instrument to prove, in the first place, the existence of purgatory, and to prove also what is happening there, the exhibits in this museum 
make a lot of things very acceptable. And we need miracles, to, uh, so to say. Huh? <laughs> For all uh, the, the supernatural, the great supernatural realities must be based, before we can accept them and live them, must be based on, on a certain kind of evidence. And it is not only the beauty of them, but there must also be some touchable, some very uh, hard evidence. And if we see, in this case, purgatory, the exhibits in such a museum, and, and, and there are more of these kind of exhibits, uh, for instance, Czestochowa, Czestochowa in uh, Poland, uh, in the, the great uh, sanctuary of Czestochowa, Mary of Czestochowa, we have also a very interesting exhibit of a burnt-in hand burnt in in a, in, a, in a piece of altar cloth, uh, corporal, but deeply burnt in. And uh, if you see that, uh, you have something to think about. Uh, it's, it's a touchable demonstration of an intervention, of a, a supernatural intervention, so to say. We can study these exhibits scientifically. They have been a- analyzed and the stories belonging to them, where they came, in what circumstance, where they came about, and in circumstances, and so on and so forth. Uh, and these are very reliable exhibits. And so that was the uh, material on which the book on the souls in purgatory was primarily based. And secondarily, I have collected in the course of years uh, many uh, well-documented stories uh, of apparitions from the beyond. Uh, there's a whole, a whole field, of course, there are apparitions even, not so many, but they are there, and well-documented too, uh, apparitions or phenomena, communications from the beyond, which are not visual. Uh, what we see in the, in the museum in Rome is visual, you can see it, but there are also voices uh, heard and not recorded, of course, but well, uh, well documented uh, communications, auditory. There are other uh, kinds of evidence from interventions from the beyond, okay. even uh, from hell, but from heaven, <laughs> many. We based it on these things. And also on, on the, that is the second uh, point eh, I want to make uh, on the uh, on a series of apparitions from souls from purgatory from the 20th century, not very old ones, so they are uh, rather fresh, so to say, and not uh, far away in, in the Middle Ages, so that you do not know uh, what is exactly the source and how reliable is it, and, and so on and so forth. And also from very uh, reliable people, of course, uh, saints, but also people who are, who are not saints, but whose apparitions have been well researched and and well documented. So these two sources, the exhibits and uh, and the stories, so to say, of the apparitions, are the evidence base um, of what we and what I wrote. Uh, on purgatory, because they tell us a lot of very interesting things 
and uh, of great realities. And I will abbreviate it a little bit here, but which realities can we learn from purgatory? That is in the first place, we learn a, a very important things about God, about the creator. We learn important things about heaven and hell, about morality, human morality, about sin, expiation, and about what all of us will experience one time, experience, and that is in the first place, after death, immediately the personal judgment, which is a very important moment. Most important moment of our lives uh, uh, as conscious persons. <laughs> the first important point is, of course, conception, and we are uh, completely unconscious. But then at personal judgment moment, immediately after death, um, we are fully conscious, more than fully. That is so uh, tremendously important and central point. Then is our fate, then it is being decided, our personal fate for all eternity. And then it's the question of, what, what shall it be? Eternal heaven or eternal hell? Exactly. This is yes. one of the great things. And so that is personal ju uh, judgment. And then purgatory has a lot, lot to say about uh, our soul. The, the psychology of the souls in purgatory is immediately uh, relevant, immediately uh, directly important, uh, of great importance, uh, for our own psychology, uh, for the psychology of our soul here on Earth. I say this, this, this is a conclusion, eh? mm -hmm. and I, I can uh, elaborate on it, perhaps in, uh, we, will, we will talk about that. But if we uh, understand what is going on in our soul in purgatory, and, well, we hope, of course, we will not be sent to hell. But purgatory is, is a big possibility for all of us, I think. Huh? Few people go to, to heaven, I think, I think. And some souls uh, indicate that, too. Uh, few people go uh, straight to heaven. So that is one of the great realities of our future, too. And we can prepare for it. So purgatory is not only about the souls. It is in purgatory, who we, we call, uh, whom we call the poor souls. But also we can call them, uh, what the Italians say, the holy, holy souls. The holy souls, yes. The holy souls, eh? because they, uh, they cannot sin anymore. And God have, has forgiven them their sins, not their expiation of, well, uh, having done too little uh, penance on earth and, and, and so on. But um, it is so that um, God has saved the soul from hell. And, and that is a good reality, of course. Now, um, we can learn a lot about ourselves. And, and, and so the insight in purgatory is for everybody in directly relevant for his own ego. Mm. Well, well, I mean, next month, November, is yes. a very important month where yes. we pray for the holy souls and the souls yeah. in purgatory. Uh -huh. And I live in a house where the first 
day I lived there, we saw a spiritual presence, a ghost, the first night we were there. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that maybe that person wasn't is in purgatory and maybe they're gone now. But I felt very welcome in my home, despite the fact that we saw that presence in our home. What's the most extraordinary thing you found while you were writing the book? That I cannot tell that there are documented apparitions of serial apparitions are perhaps the most shocking because then you see the first apparition of such a soul. Uh, you see a, a person, a phantom, of course, of the person, which is it contains the, the soul, eh? but the soul has to manifest itself visually in, in, in the form of a phantom. You, you may see uh, the book, uh, these kind of stories, a very ugly, re- repulsive phantom. Well, it's very scary, a very scary uh, situation. But if then the seer is praying a lot for this soul, because the soul comes asking or even sometimes mm-hmm. compelling the seer to do penance for him or for her. Oh, and then, and then some of them may speak. Many of those phantoms cannot speak, will not speak, may not speak, because... It is God always who sends them. We cannot call a, a soul out of purgatory uh, like we call uh, you. Uh, I call you on the telephone. We have not that power. If a soul is appearing, it is God who takes the initiative, who sends him, and it is a great mercy of God. So that is one of the of the points to discuss huh? the mercy of God here and um, a mercy for the soul and a mercy for the seer and a mercy for all believers. Absolutely. So I say that because there is such an argument because yes, these are private uh, apparitions and uh, private uh, things and it's not of interest uh, for us, huh? but it's not true. If God sends a soul of if God does makes a, a miracle, it's not only for the person, it's for all of us. We have to learn from it. And we cannot disdainly talk about it. So, oh, it's interesting. Or, but no, it's a, an act of mercy by God. So it has many goals. That is what we should discuss. We can learn uh, from very uh, many of these uh, operations in the book. So... It's about them and it is about us. But you uh, you mentioned November, and that is what I want to say too. The modern, a uh, great, great part of the Catholic Church, which is, is in, in deep decay, there's no doubt about that. Uh, priests, uh, hierarchy, uh, Vatican, and so on. It's, it's one big mess. And it's not something with it started yesterday, but it, it's a culmination of, of half a century, 60, 70 years. But what uh, these superficial, trivial uh, uh, ceremonies uh, in churches, when someone someone has uh, is deceased uh, and he's oh, he was a good guy and he was uh, beautiful speeches about his humor and then so on and so forth. But the cruel thing is, we have forgotten these souls in purgatory. The man is in purgatory, perhaps, and and. Very probably, I might say. And we don't um, I, I hate anything, anything to help him. Purgatory is very 
very severe suffering. That's one important thing we see in these exhibits. Thank you for joining us of our special program on Thank Holy you. Souls. Joining us today, our guest, the author yeah. of Hungry Souls, Dr. Gerard J.M. Does that stand for Jesus and Mary? Vander Adbrick. Welcome to the International Radio WQPH. Thank you. Thank you. And we have Jeannie Denizad that's been doing a great job, our production manager. Hi, Jeannie. Hello. And we're talking about the most incredible things, Doctor, that you've been telling us about the Holy Souls. We should yes. start with a prayer, actually. Would you like mm -hmm. to lead us in a prayer? If there's a prayer uh, where it is appropriate, that is, of course, the prayer of the, the Requiem Mass eh, for the defunct, eh, for the deceased. Eternal rest give them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them soon. Hear yes. my prayer, all flesh shall come to thee. I think that is Requiem Eternum Dona Eis Dona. And the Requiem, that is the rest, but this rest is is not passive, it's active. Uh, mm -hmm. It is our end goal, eternal happiness, so great and so absolutely satisfying that our soul doesn't want any anything else for all eternity. Mm -hmm. It is so great, and that is the goal of purgatory, that our soul will be purified from all rests of sin, all selfishness, then sin is selfishness. And that mm -hmm. our deepest instinct of the human soul, that is the instinct towards God, that this instinct uh, uh, will be satisfied. That is one of the psychological, uh, very interesting things about purgatory, that the soul in purgatory is not attached anymore to all earthly things, and certainly not anymore to all selfish things. And his core instinct is exposed. The soul wants to be purified. However hard the suffering is, the soul wants to be morally pure. That is the deepest longing also of our souls here on earth. So the instinct, which is an instinct for God, the instinct towards God, is the deepest instinct of every human soul, uh, Christian or not Christian, everyone, in the past and in the present and in the future. And uh, so uh, if we see that the, the purification is so hard and so so terrible and maybe uh, so uh, takes so much time in many cases, perhaps in the first place we will be uh, amazed or shocked, but... When we understand where it goes, what, what the goal is, and also that the soul itself wants this purification at that moment after the personal judgment, because in personal judgment, we see ourselves our whole lives until the, the tiniest details, so to say, and, yes. we, have, and we see our, our defects. Uh, our defects, there are, uh, there, there are many of them, of course, small character defects and, and, and bigger sins and, and so on. And then we understand the judgment and also that the judgment is, in fact, a great mercy of God. 
So this is the point to explain and, and going by the exhibits of burning hands, in burned hands, and, and so on, and also by quotes. I quote something from the book here. In an exhibit in the Museo del Purgatorio in Rome, a photocopy of a burned-in handprint left on, on the sleeve of Joseph Leleu by the ghost of his mother. For 11 consecutive nights in his house at Bodeck in Belgium, Leleu had heard noises that terribly frightened him and made him almost sick. Then, on the night of June 21, in 1780, his mother, his mother appeared and reminded him that he was under obligation according to the terms of the legacy of his father, to have celebrated holy masses. She reproached him for his dissolute way of life and begged him to change his behavior. Then she laid her hand on the sleeve of his nightshirt. Mrs. Leleu had been dead for 27 years when she appeared. Joseph Leleu converted and founded the Congregation of Pious Lay People. He died in the Order of Sanctity in 1825. It's, it's just an example, huh? yes. uh, which gives much to, to think. 27 years in purgatory. And then I make a jump to Fatima. You know the first apparition of Fatima to the children? Um, yes. They saw uh, the heavenly apparition. So heaven was in the minds of the children. Huh? And as uh, Lucia, yes. the eldest uh, uh, seer, said, uh, well, it was normal that the 10-year-old girl, Lucia, would remember two girls from the village who had recently died and whose death must have deeply impressed her. They were friends of mine and used to come to my home to learn weaving with my eldest sister. Is Maria does Neves in heaven? Yes, she is, Mary said. And Amelia, she will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Well, mm. that's Mary who said that. A child or, or a youngster, 18 years about, in purgatory until the end of the world. Okay, there are different grades and kinds of purgatory. That's one point. But to, until the end of the world. And it is Mary who said this. It's interesting that this kind of information is shocking. Huh? Yes, but it's shocking. We are confronted here we, uh, with a reality that is so great that we cannot, we can intellectually uh, follow it or uh, try to explain it. But feeling it and understanding it with our heart is very difficult. And yet, this is a sign that we have to help these, these souls. We have cruelly, in fact, cruelly abandoned. We, the large, large part of the Catholics, the Catholic Church, we do not pray for them anymore. We can help them. We can pay a, a part of the debt they have to expiate. God wills us to do that because God sends the soul to ask our compassion and not the, the feeling, but the acting on the feeling, we can do a lot for the church. And we in November have to start it, I would say, all of us, yes. perhaps the new. Uh, so the first goal of this book, of course, is uh, to, uh, to contribute, to restore the knowledge, because there is a, an absolute ignorance of Fatima among Catholics and among Christians 
to uh, restore the knowledge going by concrete evidence because we need miracles we need evidence before we can believe and we before uh, we can reflect about it and before we can do something and that is i think uh, one of the of the goals that we have to try to attain that people are more interested in thinking about these things and learn from the serious uh, duty of all Christians to pray and sacrifice, and also we Catholics in the first place to celebrate and then uh, have celebrated masses for the defunct. And not only in November, but we should continue that. Right. That must be a daily duty to think about. And in the first place, of course, of our beloved of our fathers, mothers, children, friends, and so on, but also of the many other people who, for whom nobody will say even a, a small prayer. Huh? So yes. how many millions of people aren't dying in, in one year, in one, in, in one minute even, uh, that uh, many people are dying and being judged for eternity? Uh, the, that moment is so tremendously important and yeah, and great that we ourselves can learn and have to learn also the lesson that um, we must be prepared for that moment and prepare ourselves. And one of the things is so interesting, connected with purgatory, the souls are grateful. That is Christ, who is the great, who inspires them with that. I can, uh, here I have the view of the vision of St. Bridget of Sweden, a long time ago, but one of the, the great devotees to the souls in purgatory. Huh? In one of her visions of purgatory, the souls there, she said, supplicated God, O oh Lord, let your infinite power return a hundredfold the good that those do to us, those who think of interceding for us in behalf of our deliverance and contribute to bring us in your heavenly and sweet light. And that is true. We, the souls, and we uh, are connected. We have a relationship. And that is, we faithful people, in the first place, of course, because we are members of the same body, and that is the mystical body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. Christ is the one who sends the soul to us. But this is a process which takes place within the mystical body of Christ. The head sent the one member to the other to ask for help, and we have neglected that duty for half a century. Yes, more or less, mm -hmm. and we have to come back. Right. That is what I hope that these broadcastings you are preparing uh, give a little contribution to to the restoration. That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week at this same time for the conclusion of this broadcast. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.